live from Brooklyn, New York. Hello, friends. It is 6.01 in the morning. I am up, and this is my See You on the Other Side podcast. I have been writing music over the last half year, and if some of you remember, I was doing it in New Jersey. And uh, this has been a very interesting record to make, and today is poignant and Noteworthy because I am at my last six days and I'm coming full circle with my old friend Eric Sanderson of Augustine's and Payless. So here I am. So what goes through somebody's mind when they're at this uh, stage in a project? It's funny, um, just to set the scene for you, it's lightly snowing. It's that point of time in the year that you look down and winter is just not going away anytime soon. You've got to dig in. It's February to March. Actually, today is March 1st. We've got April and then we've got May. And winter doesn't doesn't let go of its icy grasp. I definitely struggle with, uh, with the wintertime in New York, but that's sort of so ingrained in my personality at this point, just who I am. Um, but I'm looking out and there's like probably a quarter of an inch of snow on the ground this morning. And as I look out from my studio, which I'm very, very lucky to have my home downstairs, little studio, I'm just two blocks from the water. And this is where Hurricane Sandy came and absolutely leveled the area, the uh, neighborhood of Red Hook. It it definitely hit a bunch of uh, parts of New York City, but this particular part of New York City was underwater. I think the water got up to five feet. I've seen pictures of it. I was actually out on tour with the guys when it happened, and I can see how it happens. So to set the scene, the sky is sort of a, a light gray, there's sparse trees kind of peeking out and there's a sparseness and I like what I like to do creatively is just go outside and look and just what am I feeling? What am I thinking? What's going on? And I did this live for many years, but it's I'll always try for one more, i.e. I'd be backstage and be like, all right, we're playing that one song that we're scared of. We're doing it tonight. It's very interesting as a performer because you start fixating on it. Like, are we going to pull it off? Is it going to be right? This is a courageous thing to do. And you just start really focusing on it. And then you get to the point where, yeah, I don't need it. But that's sort of happening in a recording capacity right now because there's a song about a boat that I would like to write. I've got a couple of verses for it. And I think that Eric Sanderson and old Sanderson McCarthy magic 
I think something pretty magical can come of it. So I'm basically to set the scene, I'm, I'm standing here and it's snowing and I'm thinking, I'm fixating on this song, like, can we pull it off? So I'm in my downstairs studio and I'm looking around and I see my guitars, guitars that I've worn and played with for many years. And I'm sitting here looking at my magic Pala guitar. I don't know if anybody's a Pala fan out there, but it's a black Telecaster. And I just realized this thing is 40 years old. This guitar is 40 years old and it's remarkable. I'm pulling it out. It's sort of a magic, a magic guitar for me. So I'm going to bring it into the studio today. Um, six o'clock in the morning. What the hell are you doing up, Bill? Well, being a singer, you need to have your voice in full working condition. So I, I woke up extra early today to make sure it's, it's good and awake and warm and not croaky so I can go and smash this thing out. I've been speaking quite a bit. I'm in my Onward group on my Patreon group about what, where music's at today. And uh, it's, it's, it's a dangerous line to walk because you can kind of be forlorn and, and sort of regret the place of modern life, really. It's not just photographers, it's also, um, sorry, it's not just musicians, it's also photographers. Like I was thinking there's like across the board, once upon a time, there was blockbuster video. We have a better, more efficient way. Once upon a time, people went to Walmart. We have Amazon now. Once upon a time, people developed film. <laughs> we don't need to do that anymore. So a lot of this record is a reflection of modernity and modern times technologically. And I've had this talk with so many people, and it seems like just as much as we're losing, we're also gaining, i.e., um, in, my, in my last article, I was writing um, about hip-hop and how during the Napster years, people were really like hoarding and holding on. I think Metallica was railing against Napster. And yes, we're in a situation now that our music kind of goes straight to Spotify and the artists aren't getting paid for it and everybody knows it and it's really shitty. However... Kids are being able to get on laptops and make music in all parts of the world. Um, what was strange about the indie community and unique about it actually 20 years ago is that it was sort of a phenomenon that was happening more in America and Canada. Then it started happening in Britain. But the old label structure back then, people kind of wouldn't touch you if you weren't a slick, refined group. So obviously in these tide pools in North America, bands would sprout up and they would um, exist in this kind of bubble that was tied to different communities um, across this 3,500 mile stretch of land. And they could kind of exist in these in their little kingdoms. There was the Olympia, Washington kingdom. There was Charlotte. Uh, there was Washington, D.C., there, and as we got into the 2000s, there was Montreal, Austin. Um, and I think a lot of this record 
is interesting to me because I'm trying to sort of, I think, make an indie record, like in the spirit of those times when you were in your own little, your own little community place and you were in your own kingdom. Uh, but what's happened is, you know, kids have technology now. And so as much as it's sort of painful to let go of the past and being able to make a proper living like people used to, we're also doing away with a lot of shady executives and we're doing away with a lot. There's an immediacy that kid, kids in the Philippines or South Africa or Russia can make a, a, a record now that gets out to the world. <laughs> That's a good thing. Um, yes, it is a little sad that people don't shoot on film anymore. Uh, they shoot digital. It is a little bit sad that um, people use digital drums now and things are changing. But, you know, I guess you just, it's like uh, Bob Dylan, right? Get out of the way if you can't lend a hand because at times they are changing. <laughs> so I'm sitting here. I reflect quite a bit on music and there's a lot of different ways to make it. And this record is completely unique to me because I started... So Last Record Shelter was really about lyrics. So the band had ended. It, we didn't want it to end. And I ended up in this place where I was like, what am I going to do as a solo artist? And I said, well, you know, I think I just want to focus on lyrics because that's always where music has um, started and ended with me is with, with the words that are being sung back to us. So I made this record about... It was just bit lyrics first. I wanted to cover different people. I wanted to do... Uh, cover Pela, I wanted to cover my own material, I wanted to cover other writers, Tom Waits and Towns Van Zandt and so on. And now this record, I wanted to focus on music. Actually, like, before any lyrics get laid down, I wanted to focus on making orchestral statements or offerings. And so this uh, record was very much music first and then lyrics responding to that so it's a unique kind of record I've, I've done some tracks a little bit like that with Augustine's but how it all started for me was just coming in with as many songs as I could come in with and I would sit down and I would um, perform them for the guys and see what kind of what if it inspired anything in, in anybody and I would sort of I don't know I think direct is a strong word but I would like oversee the session and try to get it to the place that the close is close to my original um, vision or yeah I guess vision for the song and so here we are and I'm excited man it's scary very weird not being on a label and kind of forging your own way and and financing it I've been talking a lot about my career with different friends and stuff and it's <laughs> It's interesting to be the um, the, administra the administrator, the bank, the financier, the day-to-day -day guy, the tour manager, the manager, the singer, the, the visual artist, um, the merchandise director, I guess, for lack of a better word. But uh, that's what I'm doing. And it is, it's slow going some days, but there is a gratification. Uh, last summer, I was able to go around on my motorcycle and I played 
I I was rolling into festivals like on a motorcycle, which is like, does it get cooler than that, man? I don't think so. I think that's pretty, pretty much the coolest thing ever. So I'm going to leave some surprises, but there's some aspects of the record that um, I'm having a bit of fun with it. I'm really excited. There's so much information coming at us at all times. Um, headlines, Twitter feeds. Um, when you click on a website to read about woodworking, for example, it's got all these like embedded ads, and then you go to your uh, you go to your feed, and it's got like, for example, <clears throat> when I moved into in here, I, I needed furniture, so I was googling furniture, and um, you know, I furnished the place best I could. And I look down and there's like furniture ads all over everything, Facebook, you know, <laughs> through my Googling and they just pop up and it's a little bit, those algorithms are super creepy. I don't know, that, that part of modern life, it's hard for me because I feel like there's like some super smart people in a boardroom that are figuring out the metrics of all of it and, and um, figuring out how to market things to us in a very subversive, sneaky way. But that's modern life. And I think that this record is hopefully touching on some of that. You, it's easy to feel alienated, right? If somebody's running like strange, some strange offensive on you, you feel kind of like, wait a second, you have my bank info, you can track my location on my phone. Like this is a strange modern world. And I just, I'm just sitting here thinking about what it will be like uh, in 20 more years. So this is the world we live in. I, I've been open about it. So getting through the winter is a thing in the Northeast. And I've been watching The Sopranos a lot. And please don't give away any, there's no spoilers. But I'm basically watching The Sopranos because I was touring or playing music when it was popular. And it is really interesting to watch them speak on landlines and there's no Googling, and it's just, it was kind of a more innocent time. Is there innocence today? Um, what's it like for kids? What's it like, what's it like to be eight years old and to be like doing your homework and looking online and playing video games and then some like really grotesque, creepy porn pops up when you're like a child? I remember porno magazines and stuff like that they were like hard to come by when you were a kid and it was like I don't know taking a playboy from your friend's older brother's weird creepy shadowy collection of playboys it was like whoa a naked body an image of a naked body wow and I just think of like you know what kids are facing today what we're all facing today anyways I hope I haven't gone on too much if for too long about modern life, but I have to like make note of it. It's so unique to me that we're in this time. Where does where do the arts exist? Um, I love the Me Too movement. I love that there's there's like justice going on. The Cohen trials were just on TV. Very interesting to watch this go down. We have we're in a unique time. We have a creepy president. Brexit's happening overseas. There's a 
a backlash against immigrants and the borders and so on. But then you walk through any city in this country and all the people doing the dirty work are people from other countries that are living in our country. So it just seems very hypocritical to me. Anyways, so <clears throat> I wish you guys for March, I wish you happiness, resolve, hang on. We're almost to spring. Um, I wish you health and sanity. It's kind of strange times. So thank you for listening to me keep my voice down at six o'clock in the morning as I'm making a podcast for you guys. Please wish me luck. I'm going out there. I'm going to give it my absolute best six days and I'm done. I got some surprises. I guess I can tell you about one of them. There's somebody coming out to play. Um, so la- I, people probably wouldn't know this, but on the last record, I had one of the musicians from Bon Iver play with me. And on this record, I'm so thrilled that um, one of the musicians from Charles Bradley's band, um, a horn player, he's coming out and he's going to help beautify these songs and this album and these offerings. He's going to beautify it and make it soulful and he's going to lift it up and it's going to be gorgeous. I really hope you like it. Thanks again for you. Uh, thanks to you for listening to my weird morning voice. But welcome to my studio, people. And I uh, wish you the best. Um, happy March, everyone. And I'll see you on the other side. You've been listening to Onward with William McCarthy, live from New York City.
across the field. 